Hi everyone, I'm Stephanie, a mom to a Mito fighter. On our podcast, Energy in Action, we talk all things Mito, and I'm glad you're here to learn and to be part of our community. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Energy in Action. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I'm really excited to be here this week with you. We have a great interview today, a young man by the name of Jacob. I met Jacob at the symposium this summer in Phoenix and asked him to tell his story on our podcast, and he said he would be delighted to. Just a little bit of information about Jacob. He is a college student, and he was diagnosed with CPEO plus around the age of 12. So before we get started, I like to remind everybody that you don't need to have a paper and pen to listen to our show. We know people listen to podcasts while doing all sorts of other things. And anything that we talk about, any of the links or diagnoses that we happen to discuss, you'll be able to find all that information in our show links or over at mitoaction.org. So let's get into it. We have a great show for you today. I'm excited for you guys to meet Jacob. He is coming to us from New York. Is that correct, Jacob? Yeah, New York. Great. So, Jacob, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, so I'm I'm Jacob. I'm uh, 22. I just turned 22. And, oh, I have CPEO. And I've, you know, lived with that for, well, I've been diagnosed for 10 years. And it's been difficult trying to manage it. But uh, luckily, I have, you know, a sort of mild case. So I'm I'm lucky in that regard. Can you tell our listeners what CPEO is? Yeah, so chronic progressive external ophthalmyalgia. So it it pretty much is just the the drooping of the eyelids, and then um, I have CPEO plus, which is basically it's it's a little more than just the eyelids. It's it affects your whole body, and so I'm I'm weak. My whole body's weak, and you know it affects my my stomach, my my bowels, and my muscles, and you know my my brain to some extent. So it affects just more than the eyes. Okay, and does it affect the the vision itself, or is it more just the muscle tone around the eyes? Yeah, so it it does affect the vision. I I do like if, if my eyelids were like lifted up, then I would see double, and that I don't I don't really know if that's from. I mean, it probably is from the CPEO, but I haven't heard much like about CPEO and double vision. So I just know that my eyelids specifically, one eyelid is more down than the other, so it blocks out the double vision. So I, I see one thing because, you know, I, I basically, I'm basically just using one eye. Okay. So tell me about, like you said, so you've been diagnosed for 10 years. So you were roughly 12 years old when they when they figured out the diagnosis? Yeah. So tell me about that journey and what it was like, what was going on with your body that led your parents to think, we need to really get aggressive and search out some answers for Jacob. Yes. So when I was in middle school, I, in class, I just started seeing like double. I would, you know, come on and off throughout the day. And I was kind of, I, I didn't know what it was, but it was going away and coming back. And then I was in class and I, I couldn't stop seeing double. So I went to the nurse and I just told her I, I couldn't see well I had double vision I'm seeing two of everything and so she called my mom and my mom you know she took me out of school and from I mean from there we basically just went to we started at my pediatrician and we worked our way up to uh, Columbia which is Dr. DeVivo in the beginning that now I'm seeing Dr. Hirano but we basically just saw every kind of doctor possible to try to diagnose me and it we saw Dr. DeVivo and he 
he told us that we needed a muscle biopsy. So my my diagnosis came from the muscle biopsy, which also is interesting because I've heard people like talk about the muscle biopsy in, in like certain Facebook groups, and and most of the people were saying that like the the healing from the biopsy is like they you know there wasn't much issue, but I couldn't walk for like a few days. Oh really? Yeah. So it was it was very odd, and I, I might have to do with CPEO also. I'm not or CPO plus as well. I'm not really sure, but I mean, my journey is still continuing. I'm still going to different doctors and trying new things, trying new, you know, vitamins, medications, you know, what you, you name it. I'm still trying it. So are you still a patient of Dr. Hirano's? Yeah. Oh, he's like mito royalty. There are people yeah. on <laughs> waiting lists to get in to see him. You are very fortunate to have him on your team. So do you, um, with this version of mitochondrial disease, do you take the uh, mitococktail? Yeah. So I take, yeah, I take a mitococktail with basically just a lot of vitamins and I take other things um, among that. I take things for my heart and because I, it affects my heart also. So I have things uh, that I take for that. And, but yeah, I, I basically just take a lot of vitamins. Okay. Is your cocktail pretty much the same as what the usual is, the usual suspects in there, the levocarnitine, the CoQ10, riboflavin, that sort of thing? What is riboflavin? Is there another name for riboflavin? I think it's vitamin B2. I don't take B2. I take B6. Oh, okay. And I take B100. Maybe I should take riboflavin. I don't know. I just, there's just so many, there's like three main ingredients and then it just seems like then there's each person's cocktail gets tweaked a little bit more for their individual person, which I think is is a good thing. Right. So does the CPEO plus that affects your heart, you said, and, and how does it affect your heart? So, you know, I'm not like, I'm not so good at understanding when my doctors like tell me what's wrong because they just said that it's the heart's pumping a little less than it should be. Like it's not as strong. So I'm taking a uh, Carvedilol to help that. Okay. And yeah, so that, I, I, it's called the injection fracture is is off. You know, I don't think all of us are meant to know everything, right? We just have to know what we need to know. And you can't, you can't expect yourself Jacob, to, to know all the cardiology things because then you'd be a cardiologist, right? Right, right. So tell me now, so you're 22. So from the age of 12 to 22, what sort of things was school like for you? Like getting through middle school and high school, what types of services did you need? And how did you manage to, you know, get through and, and graduate? So in high school, I had, well, in middle school, middle school to high school, I had an IEP. So I was getting like extra time on tests. And that was kind of uh, the extent of it. And I, I didn't really need the extra time, fortunately, but I did have it just in case. And I would um, go to like the, like it was like this place called the Achievement Center. So I would do my work there. It was basically just extra support, extra time. And I mean, it was the more difficult part of like being in school with, with CBO is like the social aspects of it. Cause you know, kids would ask me about it. Kids would tease me about it. And that was, that was tough more than the academics. Really? That is awful. I know. Sometimes our peers can just be our worst enemies. So during school, did you do any extracurriculars? Was there anything else that you were able to do? Did you, do you have a church group or like, how did you stay connected with kids your own age? I mean, I had, I had friends uh, through high school to hang out with. And I, I also went to BOCES, which is a technical school. So I did graphic design there. Wow. Yeah. So I'm, I'm certified in Illustrator and Photoshop. And so I did that. 
and I did that on you know I did that for myself as well, and I also worked uh, my the, the last two years of high school. You were part time or full time, or I'm just amazed that you were able to do that. Part time. Part time. Okay, so tell me more about this graphic illustrating. Do you work currently in that field? No, no, I don't. And when I was in high school, I was I was having a difficult time there, so I I found out about BOCES, which was a few, a few hours out of the school day. It was like half the school day. So I found out about different programs there, and I've tried graphic design before, and you know, prior to that in high school in different class. So I liked graphic design, so I went for that at BOCES, and it basically was just you know they assigned us things for you know company companies would hire BOCES graphic designers, and we would do stuff for them. We you know we'd have our own little competitions in the class of creating creating graphics for like one thing. We get assigned one thing. And yeah, it was a really great experience. I think it was one of my, one of the best decisions I made was to go to BOCES. Wow, that does sound like a great opportunity for you to be able to learn all of that. I would, I am just jealous. I would love to know more about graphic and working in that area on the computer. I think that would be really fascinating and definitely a field that's always changing and sort of evolving as computers get better and better, right? Right, right. And I, I do do it for myself a little bit. You know, I do art for myself, but that's, you know, I don't do it all the time, just just here and there. So what types of things do you like to do in your spare time? I mean, I really like movies. Movies are, are really awesome. What What's your favorite genre of movie? You know, there's not really like a favorite, I guess, like action or like my favorite, I, I like Quentin Tarantino movies a lot. He's <laughs> He's great. What's your favorite one? Oh, uh, Pulp Fiction, probably. Yeah, definitely Pulp Fiction. Yeah, or, or Reservoir Dogs. Those those two are the best. Ooh, that's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're tough movies, but I, I enjoy them. I mean, I, I like hanging out with people. I like I like making, well, I make collages also. That's fun. What do you mean collages? Like, how do you do this? Like mixed media collages. Like, I'll take newspapers and like make stuff out of them. And then I'll, I'll print stuff that I made myself and I'll put it on there. And I basically just make something new out of something old. Oh, wow. I like that. And then do you like to do it with black and white? Like you said, mixed media. So you're using things with different textures, different colors. Um, Yeah, I have. Like I use like plastic bags before, like paper bags and and uh, and then newspapers also. And stuff I made also that I printed out and put on there. Oh, wow. That's excellent. I love that you're artistic. That is something I didn't know about you. It's a, It's a great outlet. I'm sure it is. Definitely. So are you, are you employed right now? Are you going to college? Like what are you, what are you up to right now? So I just graduated college. I graduated from Manhattanville College okay. in, in Westchester and I am going to NYU for social work in the fall. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and I'm also working. What is your job? What is your occupation right now? So I work with a developmentally disabled person and I, I basically just uh, take care of them day to day. Oh my gosh. So you do personal care for another individual? Yeah. Oh, Jacob, you are just multi-talented. Wow. <laughs> good for you. At NYU, will that be working then towards like a graduate degree or an undergraduate degree or? Uh, yeah, it'll be working toward MSW. Your MSW. Fascinating. We need about 10 more Jacobs in this world because we need a lot more social workers happening. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So what made you decide to go down that route? That's really admirable of you to do that. You know, I mean, I really just want to help people. That's really just what I want to do with my life. And I feel like social work is a great way to do that. And I, I'm i not sure exactly what 
like route I want to go in in social work, but there's so much you can do with the MSW. So I, I figured that would be the best, the best way to go about that. Yeah, that is true. There is a lot you can do with that. That That's a good point. Yep. So what kind of things are you doing now in your free time this summer? Do you, I know New York gets kind of hot and steamy. So how do you, how do you beat the heat in New York? Oh, that's tough. <laughs> I, mean, I really just stay inside. If I, if it's, if it's really hot out, I'll stay inside. But I've read about cooling vests that I'm thinking about getting one. So I might get a cooling vest. Yeah, my son has uh, mitochondrial disorder, and he uses the cooling vests all the time because he is what I refer to as an outdoor cat. Yeah, and they work beautifully for him. So definitely look into it. It's been it's been a lifesaver for us. So he he tolerates the the cold weather better than the hot weather. So cooling vests for us are essential. Yeah, I'm, I'm better in the cold too. Yeah, well, you can just keep adding layers, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's how we look at it. You can you can always add extra socks or or wear a hat indoors, but man, it just gets to a point when it's too hot where you just have to stay in. So right. So how does your mom and dad uh, interact with you and and your diagnosis and but what kind of support system do you have there? Because I, I met your folks and I just fell in love with your mom right away. She's just so energetic and just so vibrant about you and and seeing you succeed. So I love to see that. I mean, you know, my parents are the best. They uh, they take me to, you know, doctor's appointments if, if they want to. I mean, well, they always take me to doctor's appointments. But, you know, they help me with trying to figure out which medications to gauge, whether I need to, you know, take out something or add something, you know, based on what doctors have said. They, My, my dad's a doctor as well. So, he, you know, it's always great to ask him about, about stuff like that. And, I mean, yeah, they're just they're just there for me for, what, for whatever I need. I really appreciate them both. And, um, yeah, just emotional support. And I mean, I guess, you know, physical support too, if I'm not feeling well a certain day and I'm, I need to relax, they'll, they'll help me out. Uh, so, so they, yeah, they're always just there to, to, you know, and they're always very helpful. Yeah. Again, like I said, when I met your mom at the conference, I was just immediately taken to her just because of truly your, she is your, your number one cheerleader. Yeah, she is. So what do you see going on in your future? Like, where would you like to be five years from now? Oh, I mean, this is something I've been like thinking about also. I, I don't really know. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I would assume with MSW working in, in an agency, that's, that's the idea. But I mean, things can always change. Plan is right now is to get an MSW and then uh, work, work in an agency and then maybe, maybe go on my own and start my own practice. Oh, I like that ambition. Do you see yourself working more with with adults, seniors, kids? Where's your passion? So, the the field of social work I, I I'm thinking about going into is palliative care, but I'm not 100 percent sure about that yet. I'd have to really try it out and see. But I I plan to just try different um, like try to work with different groups of people and see which I like best. And I'm going at, I mean, at at NYU they have an internship, so I'm I'm interning somewhere and. I'll I'll find out more about what what I enjoy, who I enjoy working with there. Wow. I love that NYU has that opportunity for you too, just so you can kind of dabble in and, and get a kind of get a sense for things before you just lock into my like my daughter is an elementary school teacher and she's like, kinda wished I would have student taught in a senior high just to see if I like that as much as elementary. Right. So yeah, good for you. Oh. I just love how you have things just sort of mapped out and you're just moving towards your goals and you have your parents there that are just so supportive of you. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very lucky. 
Do you see yourself doing anything with your art as you progress on? Uh, I would like to. I mean, I, I've done things, kind of done things with my art. Like I've, I've made NFTs and, and things like that with my art. Really? But nothing, nothing, you know, I haven't sold like a, a big piece of art or anything. I just, I really just do it for fun now. Do, do you do it for gifts for people? I bet you people love getting that from you. You know, I don't really give like gifts of my art. I Maybe I should though. Yeah, you definitely should. <laughs> I guess that's how I've always operated. If I make something, I always want to give it away. And then I just hope and pray they like it. And if they don't, they don't, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of my stuff is, is digital. So I guess I could print like something out for someone. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's true. I do give my stuff to my grandma. She has stuff of mine. There you go. So let's play a little game that I like to call uh, Rapid Fire. It's just a fun, fun Q&A where we just ask questions, where I just ask questions and it just kind of lets everybody know that, you know, hey, Jacob is just like the rest of us and has kind of the same fun things going on in their life. So my first question I love to ask is, what is your favorite meal? Like the one meal that your mom or grandma could make that you would never turn down? Well, my mom makes this really good Parmesan encrusted fish. That's, that's probably my favorite food. Parmesan encrusted fish. That sounds delightful. Yeah. And I have a lot of allergies, so it's good. It's fine for my allergies. So that's the best. Wow. All right. So on that same vein, then what is your favorite dessert? Um, I like cookies a lot. You like cookies? What's your favorite cookie? Mine's chocolate chip hands down. Oh uh, yeah. Probably chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. In the Midwest here, we have this one called snickerdoodle. I don't know if you guys have that out there. But... Oh yeah. Those are good. Oh, yeah. Macadamia nut is good, too. Oh, yeah. I haven't had one of those in a while. Now you got me thinking. <laughs> Alrighty. So what, right now, are you binge-watching anything on Netflix or Hulu or any of the other streaming services? I'm watching a show called Nathan For You on Hulu. Okay. What's it about? It's about a, a guy who's helping a bunch of businesses, but he gives them bad ideas to help them. <laughs> he intentionally gives them bad ideas? Like, they're not, like... Out, like they're not so terrible like they could work but like we all know they're kind of bad and it's it's very funny excellent i'm gonna check that one out what's your favorite season uh probably fall Fall. and so then what's your favorite holiday hanukkah i guess hanukkah is your favorite holiday yeah excellent i like that so do you have any cats or dogs or fish or birds or any other pets at your house we me and my mom feed, feed stray cats Oh, fun. So. Are they frequent visitors or are there just new ones every day to the table? Uh, there's new ones, but there's one that just stays there in our in our backyard and he just kind of hangs out there and like sleeps there. It's very, it's very sweet. So do you have a little nickname for him? Do you guys have a reference name? Oh yeah, we call him Boots. Boots. <laughs> so Boots is just hanging out. Yeah. Oh, that's great. When I was little, I had a cat and we named her Mittens because just her front paws had white on the rest of her was all black just her front paws so we just called her mittens not very original but that's what happens when you let a three-year-old name the animal right yeah yeah <laughs> just just called it mittens all right well jacob this has been so fun i just delighted to have this opportunity to speak with you and and learn about your endeavors i love that you're just just crushing it even though you've got the cpeo plus you're still making plans and moving forward and um i can't wait to keep following you is there a do you have a, any social media or any place that people could follow you on um yeah i have instagram and, and facebook i I'm, i use facebook the most okay 
So you can add, uh, you can add me at uh, Jacob Schinder on Facebook if you want. Definitely. Maybe I'll get to see some of your great artwork on there. No, I don't really post it that much, but maybe I will. Maybe you should. I think you know. Maybe that would be that would be amazing for you to do. Maybe we'll ask you to do something for Mito Awareness Week. Make us some kind of a collage of some sort. I think that would be really cool. Sure. Sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a delight to to meet you and to learn about you. And please say hi to your mom and dad for me. And again, I just loved meeting your whole fa- your whole family last month at the at the conference. Thank you very much for having me. You are so welcome. Talk to you again. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode of Energy in Action. I enjoyed my conversation with Jacob and hearing his inspirational story. It was fun to learn about his artwork and and how he uses that as a way to uh, express himself. I was really taken aback by how he is just bound and determined to go ahead and complete his master's in social work so he can go on to help others. Remember to give us a five-star rating on your listening app. This helps boost us up the charts so other people can find our show and learn more about mitochondrial disease and rare disease. Be sure to join us next time for all things mito. This is your host, Stephanie, rare mom extraordinaire.